right. It's good to be here tonight. Amen. Amen. Uh, on this Wednesday night, it's good to see a, a church full on Wednesday nights instead of seeing them closed. You know, a lot of churches are closing down on Wednesday nights. A lot of them close down on Sunday morning too, but but Wednesday night, see your place full. I'm glad to see you having a full house on Wednesday night. It's a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday night crowd, and I appreciate Steve asking me to come down and preach uh, tonight for you, and I hope I can be a help to you and encourage you. I'm encouraged by the good crowd I see here tonight and all that God's doing for you and give you this beautiful building here, but you're about maxed it out, hadn't you? About, oh, but let me tell you something. Don't worry about that. Not a bit. All you got to do is keep doing what God would have you to do. And then God, uh, he knows what you need. And he will take care of every need. And uh, you got land. And so, uh, you know, he, he owns it all. And he'll take care of it. He'll take care of your buildings. He'll take care of you. All you got to do is stay obedient and trust God. Trust God by faith. Keep walking with him and uh, keep trying to reach people, loving people, reaching people, and God will take care of what you need. I've seen him do it for many years for us where we are and all of my Christian life. I've watched him fill the bill. Whatever God orders, he's able to pay for. Whatever God orders, he can pay for. And I'm proud of Steve and... and uh, and Rebecca and the family, and I'm glad that they're here with you, and uh, they're here with you, and you're with them, and uh, and God's with you, and you trust the Lord in all of it. Seek his face, pray, and seek God's face, because without him you can do nothing. John 15, 5, without me you can do nothing. I've found that out and know that, and uh, but you're God's blessing you, and you got a good thing going on. It's, it's it's amazing to see a church full on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights, now I'm going to try to encourage you tonight, but I'm also going to try to uh, uh, maybe motivate you a little bit to keep reaching people. You as a preacher, we got so many people now know what to do. But listen, the way that you watch God work is you keep doing what God wants. You keep doing what God wants, and God keeps working see and you just keep doing his will you remember when Jesus told him at the uh, marriage at, at the marriage in Canaan of Galilee in John chapter 2 he told him get as many water pots as you can remember that and he told him fill them up with water now the reason they didn't have more than they had is because they, they quit bringing pots well, you don't need to bring pots, but you need to bring people. Amen. You need to bring people. And, uh, and the reason that churches don't have more people, they quit bringing more people. There's not a single verse in the Bible that says for sinners to go to church. Now, it's good for them to go, but there's not one verse that you can find in your Bible that commands the unsaved to attend church. Not one. But there's many verses in the Bible that command saints to go after sinners. 
I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. And so look in your Bibles in John 21. Uh, I, I might just preach this sermon Sunday night at our place. We need it too. And uh, we need it too. And we're trying to do the same thing up there you're doing. You know, God's uh, trust you a lot because he's sure putting a lot of people around you. But where much is given, much is required. So you'll have to reach these people. You need to reach them. And uh, God has a way for you to reach them. And in John 21, this is right after the resurrection. I thought about that. You're singing about the resurrected Christ a while ago. I thought about right after the resurrection, the disciples went into hiding because they was afraid, well, they killed our leader. They killed the Lord, our Lord. They killed him. They're liable to kill us. Christianity was not popular then and real Christianity is not popular now. If you think it is, you can talk about God all you want to and people won't get offended because that could mean a lot of things. But when you start narrowing it down to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where the rubber meets the highway. And brother, that's where it starts getting... Uh, that's where it starts getting, you know, offensive to people. They don't want to hear anything about Christ. Preacher friend of mine was asked to lead in prayer at a, uh, a state, uh, some kind of a political thing in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and it was a big deal. And they asked him to come and lead in prayer. And the one of the officials that was over the thing told him, said, now look, you pray every night before... Uh, when they go into session, but you cannot pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can pray, you can say in God, but you can't say in Christ. And the preacher friend of mine said to this uh, politician, he said, that's impossible. He said, you can't get to God any other way but Jesus. You can't, you can't, it, the prayer's not legitimate because the passcode and the way to get through to the Father is to pray in Jesus in his name. And she said, well, I'm sorry, but you can't do it. And he said, well, I'm sorry, but I can't pray. She said, well, you can do it tonight, but we won't need your services any further. And that was it. He didn't come back the rest of the week. He said, I refuse to back down and not be able to mention the name of the Savior. Well, it was these kind of days here. These disciples was afraid. They were afraid that they'd be killed because the Lord had just been crucified. Now they're behind doors. They're behind closed doors, and it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, they're, they're hiding out. Now look at, uh, and by the way, it was Sunday night when they ought to have been in church. Look at John uh, John 21, or John 20, I'm sorry, John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. You see that? Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. You know, wherever he's at, he's going to bring peace. And he said, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. Now look at this. This is what I'm going to preach to you on. 
uh, he said, uh, as my father, verse 21, hath sent me, even so send I you. Now here's what he's saying. For the same purpose that the father sent me, I'm sending you. For the same reason I came, I'm sending you. Now it was not to be crucified because it wouldn't do any good to crucify any of us. Once, once is all Christ needed to be crucified. That's how I know, and I'm just uh, talking right now to help you with something, but that's how I know a believer cannot lose his salvation because Christ was crucified once. That's it. It need not happen again. Hebrews, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us once. Christ was crucified once, and that's it. Need not ever happen again. So he wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about for the same reason that I've come for you to come to be crucified. My blood wouldn't atone for anybody's sins, and yours wouldn't either. So he's not talking about that. Well, what's he talking about? He was talking about winning the lost. This is what he's talking about, about winning sinners to Christ. Now look at it. Verse 21, he said, Then said Jesus, to them again, peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now you see, the Spirit of God had not indwelled believers up to this time. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come on people and go. And even in the New Testament. But now... The Spirit of God, He's given them the Holy Spirit for a work. And He gives you that same Holy Spirit. When you got saved, I've heard people, I've heard people say before, Well, I got saved, and then the next night I got the Spirit of God, and then the next night I got No. When you got saved, the Spirit of God came in you then. Romans eight nine and Romans eight sixteen. Uh, that that second you got saved, the Spirit of God indwells every believer. Now, what's the purpose of it? Well, there's several purposes. One is to teach us. Another is to empower us for service. And another is to give us uh, power to win sinners to Christ and, and to comfort us in heartache trials. But the Spirit of God here came in these believers here when Jesus breathed on them. Now, listen what he said as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. That's what I'm going to preach to you about on even so send I you. Now I want you to listen to me tonight as I try to help you. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for this great crowd here on Wednesday night. Now may you help me to be a blessing as I try to preach and as I try to stand and represent, uh, Lord, you tonight, and I try to encourage, inspire, motivate, and help and encourage people to leave this place with tracks in their pockets and a burden on their heart and, Lord, a zeal uh, in their soul to go out and try to speak to others about winning souls to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've already told you the setting here, why they're here. They're hiding in this one place on a Sunday evening and Christ had rose that morning. Right? Sunday morning. Christ rose on Sunday morning. Now he's come to see them on Sunday night. And, uh, and they're hid out in this room. They're afraid. And Jesus comes in and the first thing he said, peace be unto you.
Then he showed them his hands. He showed them the scars. And then he showed them the, the spear uh, uh, wound in his side. And he showed uh, them. And then he said to them again, second time, Peace be unto you. And he said this, As the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now that's what he tells us. That's what he's telling you and me. Why do you think that after you got saved, God left you here? You ever thought about that? Why do you think he left you here? Why do you think he left you here? I'll tell you why he left you here. He left you here to be a testimony and a witness to the unsaved around you. That's what he left you here for. That's what he left me here for. That's my job. That's your job. Uh, anywhere you are, you say, well, preacher, I'm not, a, I'm not a preacher as such. I've never been called. We're not even talking about that. Some of the greatest people in the Bible that won others to Christ were not preachers. They weren't even preachers. They were, they were laymen. Some of them were uh, not even men. They were women that won others to Christ. And I'm simply saying that he said, even as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now let me give you this uh, thoughts tonight. First of all, let me say we are to go to the lost because of his purpose. His purpose. The purpose of Christ coming to the world is found in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus Christ didn't come here to teach the Bible, though he taught the Bible. As a matter of fact, he is the Bible, walking on legs. You say, where's that at? John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? So tonight, if you said, preacher, uh, what would Jesus be like in book form? You got it right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word became flesh, John 1, 14, and dwelt among us. Am I telling it right? Say amen. Yeah, see, but what was his purpose? It wasn't to teach the Bible. Now, he taught the Bible, but that wasn't his main purpose. It wasn't even to do miracles, though he did thousands of miracles then in his earthly ministry, and he's doing them today. But that wasn't the main purpose he came. What was the purpose that Christ came for above every other purpose? Was to seek and to save that which was lost. To save sinners. Boy, I'm glad that he came. Luke 19.10, he came to save sinners. John 3.16, look at this. He said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. John 3.16, for God, he's talking about the Father, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. Christ didn't come to condemn it. It was already condemned. He that believeth, verse 18, he that believeth on the Son is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why did he come? The, uh, God's purpose for Christ's coming was for him to save sinners. And look, uh, the, for instance, the woman at the well. You know what Jesus said to his disciples? They come walking, and he said to them, I must needs go through Samaria. Now he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Samaria was a place where it was the off-scouring to, to most people lived there. They weren't Jews, 
and they weren't Gentiles, they was mixed. And the Jews didn't want nothing to do with them, and the Samaritans didn't want nothing to do with the Jews. And so the disciples, when Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria, they thought, well, what's he want to go through there for? Now look right here. Look at this. I, I must needs go through some area. Amen? See, God's got an area he wants me to go in. So I catch myself lots of times in some area. Hey, Saturday, I was out on my bus route. I was on my bus route Saturday, and I said, driving down Manhattan Street, I said, Lord, I sure would like to win somebody here today. Would you show me, would you show me who you want me to talk to today? And I'll, I'll, you just speak to me about them, and I'll get them. And you know something? I hadn't drove two blocks till I seen a, a Dodge truck parked there with a, a trailer behind it that had these big lawnmowers on it. And there was a black man standing at the back of the trailer smoking a cigarette. And when I drove by the Spirit of God, I mean, it was loud. He said, right there he is. And I, I, I went just a little ways and tur- found me a place to turn around and come back. When I, I got out of the car and got my tracks and started across the street and looked, and there was another man sitting on the back of that trailer with that guy was standing there. I didn't make any bones about it. I just said, fellas, God told me to stop and tell you how to be saved. I said, I'm telling you, God spoke to me right here and told me to turn around and tell you the way to heaven. And I reached a gospel track out to that man standing there, and he said, a gospel track. When I handed it to him, he said, a gospel track. I said, absolutely. He said, you know what? He said, just this week I was buying groceries in the grocery store, and a woman, he said, a godly woman standing in front of me getting her groceries was checking out, and she turned around and said, sir, can I give you a gospel track? And I said, sir, I said, sir, God's on your trail. I said, God's trying to keep you out of hell, and I'm here to tell you how to be saved. And both of them men, polite as they could be, stepped right there. They'd been mowing and they were hot and it was hot out there. And I stood right there and preached the gospel and both of them men bowed their heads at the back of that tractor and both of them asked Jesus to save them. Now here's what I'm talking about. You just find some area and get at it. See, Jesus went through some area And when he went through there, there was a woman there with a water pot that nobody didn't want nothing to do with, and that woman lived a rough life. And Jesus started the conversation. So he didn't wait on that woman. Jesus walked up to that woman and said, Ma'am, could you give me a drink? She said, Are you being a Jew? Asked me, a Samaritan, for a drink. He said, Yeah. And she said, Well, why would you be asking me for it? He said, I'll tell you what. He said, Let me give you a drink. She said, well, sir, the well's deep. You, you have nothing to draw with. He said, I'm not talking about Jacob's well here. I'm talking about a well that I'll give you that when you drink of it, you'll never thirst as long as you live. She said, sir, give me this water. He said, go get your husband. That got her. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've answered right. You've had five, and the one you got now is not your husband. You know what he was reading to her? Romans 3.23. See, she needs to see she's a sinner. And you know what he did? She got saved and forgot her water pot. 
she got so excited when she got the living water, she ran into, back into town and said, come see a man that told me all things ever I did is not this the Christ. And you know what? The whole crowd come with her and it said many believe because of the sayings of the woman and others believe because they've seen Jesus for themselves. Immediately she become a soul winner. You know what? She found the purpose of God for her life and it was to go down by that well every day and find people that was coming and she could say, hey, let me tell you what happened to me right here by this well. I come here one day to get a drink and the best water I ever got, I got it right here because the Son of God was standing right there and big old tears running down her face and said, but I got water that I've never thirsted again. And you know something, neighbor, uh, that you and me our, our purpose in life is to be telling others. You see, we think that's just on a certain crowd. But let me tell you that Jesus won that woman at the well. Then in the next chapter, he found a man laying down at the well. It was so messed up he couldn't even get in the water when the angel in the fifth chapter of John, that man was laying down yonder and he was trying to get in the water every year at a certain time the angel would come and trouble the water that whosoever whatsoever disease he had, he'd be healed. But you know what happened? Jesus walked by and said, how long you been laying here like this? He said, 38 years. He said, that's a long time. He said, it is. He said, well, why ain't you got in the water? Listen to this statement, what he said. Sir, I have no man. You know why he didn't get in the water, sister? He didn't have nobody to help him in it. Jesus said, well, you got one now. Pick your bed up and get up from there. Jesus touched him. And that man left there carrying his mattress under his arm. Hey, man. He come there with, uh, on his back in a bed. Bless God, he left there with his bed on his back, didn't he? He left there healed. People say, man, what happened to you? He said, I met Jesus down here. And he made the difference. Listen, who have you introduced to Christ? Who's going to be in heaven? And let me tell you, we need to be like old Andrew and start at the house. Andrew never preached sermons that we got any record of, but he, he sure won one that preached some sermons, didn't he? He won his brother, Simon Peter, didn't he? He brought him. And then another time he brought a little boy to Jesus. Let me tell you something. Jesus then stopped under a tree in the 19th chapter of Luke and said to Zacchaeus, little man that climbed a tree to see him there, said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for I must abide at thy house today. He was a crooked tax collector. He was so crooked when he died they'd have to screw him in the ground. <laughs> crooked as a dog's hind leg. And he knew he'd been a crook. But you know what? When he met Jesus, you know what he said? I'll go back and pay people what I've took from them. Let me tell you something. The purpose of Jesus coming to this earth was not to just teach the Bible, though he did it. Not to do miracles, though he done them. It was not to, uh, th those were not the big things that, that he really come for. He come to seek and to save that which is lost. And let me tell you why he left you here. He left you and me here for a purpose of winning the lost souls. 
If I was to ask you tonight, have you got gospel tracks in your pocket? If you got them, you ought to have a track on you. I'm talking about every, I'm talking about every time you step out the door, you ought to have gospel tracks with this church address on it and how to get to heaven. And brother, when you come in contact with people, you give them to them. I got a man that's in my church right now that at work one day, a man simply walked by and handed him a track and said, hey, take this and read it. It'll tell you how to get to heaven. And, uh, and the man took it and stuck it in his pocket and carried it around with him I don't know how long. And he'd get it out periodically and read it, put it back in his pocket. One evening while he's by himself, the Spirit of God convicted him of his lost condition and he bowed down by himself like Jacob sang a while ago, he bowed the knee and he bowed his heart and bowed his head and asked God to save him because a co-worker gave him a track. The purpose of God in winning souls. The purpose. God left you here for a purpose. Then let me say this, even so send I you the purpose. See? Then let me say we're to, we're to go to sinners because he left us a pattern. He left us, not only that, said go do it, he told us, showed us how to do it. You know what Jesus said? I can tell you right now, people say, well, preacher, I'm a Christian. Listen to this, listen to this. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen to me. If you're not fishing, you ain't following. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, if you follow him, he'll put you to fishing. He'll put you in the fishing business. So you say, well, I don't like to fish. Jesus did. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. First Peter 2.21 said, he left us an example that we should follow his steps. He left us an example. If Christ done it, I'm to do it. See? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There's examples all through the Bible. Hey, in John 9, he went to that blind man, touched him, and that he got him. In, uh, and I've told you, in, in uh, uh, Mark chapter 10, old blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside, and he heard Jesus was coming, begging. So he doesn't touch the blind, now he's touching a beggar. And he was begging and blind. And he was sitting there and said, somebody, Jesus is coming. And you know what he did? He stood up and said, Jesus. And they tried to stop him. He said, Jesus. And the Bible said, Jesus stood still and commanded for him to be brought. You know what he's doing? He's commanding for you to bring them. When's the last time you went and found a Bartimaeus and brought him? An old uh, man you worked with or a lady you worked with. And you brought him and asked him, would you just come to church with me Sunday? Just come with me Sunday and set in the services. You come and you tried to get to them and tried to lead them to Christ. Oh, let me tell you something. I got a man in my church, one of my men, one of my good men named Gary Kitchen. There's never a Sunday that man ain't got somebody down the aisle. I mean Sunday he had two. He's got somebody every Sunday. You know why he does? He fishes all week. He's hunting them. He's looking for them looking for them everywhere. See, what we do, we miss opportunities. Last fall, I was getting ready to go on a preaching trip, and I was sitting there polishing my shoes, and the phone rang. 
woman on the other end of the line, when I answered the phone, I said, hello. She said, Virgil, is this you? I said, no, this ain't Virgil. She said, I got the wrong number. I said, no, you don't. She said, is Virgil there? I said, no. She said, well, who are you? I said, I'm Daryl Cox. I'm the pastor of Trinity Baptist Church in Moxville. I said, who are you? She told me her name. I said, ma'am, you didn't get the wrong number. You just thought you did. I said, I told God today I'd talk to anybody that come my way. And I want to ask you, if you died, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? She said, I'm doing the best I can. I said, it'll never be good enough. I said, but let me tell you something. I said, one day Jesus did the best he could to please the Father, and it was good enough. He died on the cross and was buried and risen again for sinners. And ma'am, if you'll trust him, if you'll trust him to forgive your sins and take you to heaven, he'll make you a child of God. For John 1, 12 said, As many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe. She said, Sir, I'd like that. I said, Well, you... You ask him, I'll pray with you on the phone here. You ask Jesus to be your Savior. That woman prayed with me over the phone. I talked to her a pretty good while, never have seen her. And I said, well, God bless you. I said, you need to get in a good church over there. She said, preacher, I'm so glad I got the wrong number. (laughs) She didn't get the wrong number. She got the number God wanted her to get. Amen. So you got to look for her. You've got to seek and save that which is lost. Seeking them. Like you're looking for your car keys when they're lost. And you look everywhere. Are you looking everywhere for sinners? How many do you pass? Do you witness to the UPS man? Do you witness to the Amazon truck driver? Do you witness to the mailman? Do you witness to the paper boy? Who do you do? I mean, listen, you ought not let nobody get around you that you get a chance that you can talk to them about Christ. Amen. You see, Jesus taught us that. Hey, in that old, remember that? And, and by the way, go to the down and outer. Find them. Look for them. Look for them. You know, down our way, they'll get, old, they'll get old drunks sometimes to ring a bell for the Salvation Army. And there's one out there standing at Christmas time out there ringing the bell. I thought, now I'm going to talk to him on the way in there. He is ringing that bell. And I come through there and I said, hey. He said, yeah. I said, did I ever tell you how I got in the Salvation Army? I'd never seen him before. I said, did I ever tell you how I got in Salvation's Army? He said, no. I said, man, I was lost on my way to hell without God. Told him about how I got saved. I said, I said buddy, are you saved? Now, here he is standing out there with a, a banner around him said Salvation's Army. He didn't know no more about salvation than he did nothing. He's lost. They just paid him to ring that bell. I led that old boy to Jesus stand out in front of that Kmart or whatever it was. Led him to Christ. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. 
But I'm going to tell you something, friend. We're going to let a lot of them go to hell because we're too busy. We, we're not thinking. We're thinking about what we need to get and what we need to do. But you better be looking. God, let that person cross your path and you'll face God for them. Uh, he, uh, Jesus is looking for the beat up and the down and out and the up and out. He's looking for all of them. You remember there in the, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 30, when that Samaritan went down to Jericho? Remember that? And he found that man had been fell among thieves. And you know what? The priest passed by and seen him beat half to death. And you know what the priest done? He was a type of religion. He crossed the road and left him live. And then the Levite went by. He was a type of the law. The law couldn't save him. But the Bible said a certain Samaritan stopped by. And he bound up his wounds and gave him some water and, and put some iodine on him and some mercury coal and bandaged him up. And then put him on his beast and took him to an inn and got him in there and said, look, take care of him. I come back through here. Well, anything, I'll take care of him. Took care of him. You know what I did? A certain Samaritan. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't leave them the way you found them. Don't leave them the way you found them. They're ditched. They're dead. They're doomed. And brother, somebody better stop. Somebody better help them. They're on their way to hell. Do you believe in hell? Well, then let me ask you something. If you believe in hell, what are you doing letting a bunch of Jehovah Witnesses out scrap you on Saturday? They don't even believe in hell and they're out there knocking on doors every which way. That's the truth. That's the truth. They're out there knocking on doors on Saturday while Christians are mowing their grass and washing their cars. And they don't even believe in hell. They, they work like they believe there's a hell. We say we believe there's one and we don't ever mention salvation to anybody. Sort of got me confused. And brother, let me tell you something. God saved you for a purpose and that purpose was to get others saved. Well, I'm going to close out here. We're to go to the lost because of his purpose. We're to go to the lost because of his pattern, and we're to go to the lost with his power. You know what he did? Verse 22, he breathed on them. You know what we need? We need God's power. You know why we don't witness? We're afraid. But let me tell you, we need to get along with God and ask God to give us his power. We need to get along with God. Did you meet with God this morning and ask him for his power? Well, let me tell you, you need it. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, even to the uttermost part of the earth. What did he tell him disciples to do? Go to the upper room and wait there and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Acts Luke 24.49, and when they did... You know what God did? He filled them. And when they come out of there, brother, everybody took knowledge had been with Jesus. And we need to take time to get God's power on us. How do you do it? Get on his face in his word and get on your face in prayer. Am I telling it right? 
You got to get down there where you can hear him. Heard about that old boys that was down at a sawmill sawing. Y'all know what I'm talking about, a sawmill? They were sawing around a sawmill, and one of them men looked out of his pocket watch, said it's about dinner time, about 12 o'clock. The other reached in his, bibbed overalls for his pocket watch, and it was gone. And a man's pocket watch years ago, that was a precious thing to have a good watch. That man got to looking for his watch around that old sawmill. They shut the motors down, and these three men got down. They were looking everywhere around for that. They was looking everywhere for that watch in that sawdust, and they was getting down their hands and knees, raking around in them shavings, trying to find that man's watch. Couldn't find it. So they went on to lunch to eat their dinner. While they was gone, there was a little barefooted boy who'd been hanging around that sawmill all morning with them little barefooted boy there. And he was just going to hang around the meal while they went to eat. And when they come back from eating dinner, that little boy was standing there when they come back and he was standing there with that watch and smiling, standing there with that pocket watch. And they said, man, where'd you find my watch? How'd you find my watch? He said it was simple. After everything got quiet, I just got down there on my face in them shavings and laid down. And I listened. And I could hear that watch ticking. See, what it is, we won't get still before God long enough to get his power. He found that watch the same way you'll find God on your face. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and that word scares us, Holy Ghost, We've got some modernized and Simonized and everything else. It scares us, but let me tell you, the Spirit of God, you won't do nothing without God's Spirit and power. Brother, you won't win souls. Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Win souls. Then we're to go to the lost because of the pity that they're perishing. People are perishing without God. They're going to spend eternity in hell. You know, there's a car wreck happened right below my house. I mean, when I turn out of my driveway and go maybe 75 yards, there's a place where two cars hit head on and burned up. The whole highway's burned. I mean, the asphalt melted. And there's three crosses there on the side of the road. Every time I drive over that, I think about, are them people in heaven or hell? I think about that. I think about, did anybody talk to them? Has anybody reached them? And you know what? We act like we don't even know anything about it, but I want to read you a verse. I want you to listen to these verses. Proverbs 24. Now, these eight verses you hear on soul winning messages, but listen. Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. If thou faint in the day of thy adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? 
And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his work? If thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. See, you can't say you don't know it. Sinners are lost without God. They're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Everybody is. There's people in this room tonight that if your daddy died, he'd be in hell. There's people in this room tonight, if your mother died, she'd be in hell. There's people in this room tonight, if your brother died, he'd be in hell. Your sister. Some of you, your children. And yet we sleep good. And we'll go to the restaurant after the service. And we'll eat and watch television till bedtime. Never even think about it. But Luke tells us about the rich man that died. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in these flames. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things and likewise Lazarus evil things and now he's comforted and thou art tormented and besides all this between us is a great gulf fixed so that they that would pass from thence cannot neither they that are hence pass to us. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one was, went from the dead... For I have five brothers at my father's house. Send somebody back from the dead that he may testify unto them. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. You know what that means? They got me. They got you. Let them hear them. I'm asking you, do they hear them? Is anybody telling them? Is anybody telling them? My wife is sitting back here tonight of nearly 50 years, 49 years this fall. When I was in high school, I'd never heard anybody much preach on soul winning. I witnessed to her in 1972 when she was going to high school with me and led her to Christ. I'm simply saying... You don't have to be an expert. You have to care. Jude 22 said, Some have compassion making a difference. What Compassion is love in action. I know some people that's got all kinds of education about things. But friend, we're not talking about education. We're talking about do you care? See, what matters, do you care? The main job of a firefighter is not to wax trucks. The main job of a firefighter is to rescue the perishing and put out fires. When he ain't got nothing else going on, he can wax a truck and, and make the truck look nice. But brother, the main job when the bell goes off, and by the way, the whistle has sounded, they're perishing. Now, what you going to do about it tonight? There's people in this room that you got loved ones that's going to die without God and spend eternity in hell. There's people you work with, you've never even invited them to church. You've never spoke one word. You've never said anything. 
And I know on jobs sometimes you have to, but I'm just simply saying, have you ever, have you ever said, hey, sometime meet me at lunch, I'd like to talk to you about something. Are you going to do anything about it? And brother, it's time. Christians got to be Christian. 